0: Welcome to Venture Unscripted, a podcast where we talk with founders and entrepreneurs about their journey from zero to one. Welcome to another episode of Venture Unscripted. We have Vetter Health with us today. So I have the two co founders. I think you have a couple more founders, but the two co founders here I have Rachel Burkle and then we also have Sadok Paredes. So I'm excited to chat with you today a little bit about Vetter. Why don't you just tell me a little bit about yourselves and we go from there. Yeah,
1: well, thanks for having us. Um, So yeah, Vetter is a mobile veterinary care service. Uh, We started, well, the idea sparked when we got a puppy in the pandemic. So we took her to the vet for the first time, got that first bill, and we were like, wow, this is a lot. And we had a unique perspective as pet parents, or we were different from most pet parents because Sadoke and our third co-founder, Ruby, they started a vet uh, diagnostics lab in Denver, a few years ago, so we know we knew all of the costs of what all of this, you know, really uh, what it really costed for yes. the clinic um, or for the lab. So that was, you know, ignited some uh, passion in us to say, what can we do differently? And um, we approached Dr. Brad Boyke, our other co-founder, to say, you know, what do you think about mobile? And he was like, yeah, I love it, and was feeling a lot of the burnout um, that a lot of vets feel in the industry today, and. Um, that's when we packaged it all to say, Hey, we have the lab, we have the the vets, and now we can take all of this on the road and bring a mobile solution to pet parents.
0: Mm, awesome. Now I want to hear about you, but I also want to know what's the dog's name and the breed you bought during the pandemic. Yeah. So
1: her name is Penny Lane. Uh, she's a golden doodle and, um, yeah, she's the best. Nice.
2: Nice. All right. Now let's hear, let's hear about your background. Uh, my background, um, I guess prior to this, I started an ag tech company with my brother um, called Ag Help. So it was kind of a job board for low income agriculture. Mm-hmm. Um, so been in the startup realm, um, here in West Michigan, I was in Austin for a little bit and in, in Denver with the lab. So kind of traveled around, but back here in Grand Rapids now. So, nice. um, but yeah, vetters, Vetter is uh, very much the brainchild of like all of our different perspectives of as a vet, as pet parents, as um, lab op owners, it's kind of to to package that yeah. for for pet owners. So
0: nice.
2: I'd love to. You know a little bit about your background, Rachel.
1: Yeah. So I've spent my entire career in corporate retail. Um, worked for Target corporate. Came to Grand Rapids a few years ago to work for Meijer. Um, and I knew always knew I wanted to do something entrepreneurial. And it wasn't until I met Sadok and learned about his background and. It was immediately, we started bouncing ideas off of each other for business ideas. And then once we started talking about better, I was like, this is what I want to do. And if I didn't leave the comfort of that career to try something different and just give it a shot together, I would, you know, I never know. Yes. So yes. yeah, took the leap and about a, a little over a year ago and I, I don't know, never looked back.
0: And how how's it been? How was that leap? It is a a whole different
1: world coming from the structure of corporate America. And, you know, this is this is what I do here. And, you know, I've I've been trained to do this. I'm good at this. and I know those next steps in my career, whereas here we do all the things all the time every day is different yes. where i'm i'm so challenged in this role in ways that i never would have been challenged in my previous career so i it's it's so hard mm. <laughs> it's the hardest thing i've ever done but it's really rewarding and the fact that we get to do it together as business partners and life partners is yeah that's,
2: that's awesome great. yeah i think uh the coolest part is like it feels so like monotonous and like incremental mm. like in small amounts day to day but then like you put it together and we look back a year it's like that's when we filed the business license was a year ago and now we're venture backed by red cedar so it's like in that year look a lot happens as long as you just keep going forward so it changes it's a million miles an hour isn't it like
0: uh when you're at corporate like a month for a corporate is like an eternity for a startup when you're at a month it's like it moves so much faster
1: Yeah. Well, and I feel like my life goes by slower now, which I like because in retail, you're constantly looking ahead to, you know, 24 months in advance. Whereas in this world, we're, I mean, yes, we have like a forward looking strategy, but it's also like, okay, what is the problem we're solving right now in this week? And you're just taking it literally day by day. Yes.
0: Okay. So you're in the pandemic, you get penny, Probably the best in that moment was that the best decision of your life, right? I I always say you have a dog and you're like, this is the worst decision when the first year, and then it gets better. But you got Penny, sure you love her. Then where does where where was that from Penny to when did you come in and say like we should do better? Like when was that incorporation of the LLC? When 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 did actually start?
1: Yeah, well, it really was about a year. So we had her for almost a full year before we. Before we actually filed a vetter, but yeah. we have we started ideating so before we had vetter, um, we wanted to do something a little bit different and that we were going to take um, we were going to offer lab services to pet parents and send veterinary technicians into their homes into their homes to collect samples and then we would provide the test results and they would take that to their vet and hopefully we'd be able to save them money because we have this you know high reference high high volume reference lab, but we can run it at a low cost but the education for the pet parent was. Too much. I mean, even as uh, even being with him and his experience as a lab owner, I didn't even know what we needed, what what Penny was going to mm. get when we took her to the vet. I just know she needs to go. She needs something. She needs something, and yes. you're going to take care of her. Yes. Um. So we realized that that gap, that educational gap for the pet parent, was too broad. Um. And yeah. So really, I mean, a few months into it, we were you know we really realized the value of the lab, and it was such a unique resource to us. Um. But
2: yeah, i mean we we went and pitched the idea for it was called catch dx um but we uh, quickly realized that it was just even if they did somebody did see the value in paying less for labs they still wouldn't know what to do with that hmm. um with the results like that what does that mean to them so that's kind of when we brought in brad our fourth co- co-founder to really put it all together so hmm. consumers could Take it, yeah, use it.
0: yeah, make it usable instead of having to have all this knowledge about what test and what does it mean and yeah, that, yeah. that makes a lot of sense. Like so there, it,
2: there might be some people who are like very interested in their pets health and know enough, but I think the general population is just not that's way beyond the yeah. scope of what their knowledge is right now. So. How did
0: you guys end up learning that? then was that through a trial and error like you start, you did this and then you realized after a certain amount what's, what amount of time was that and what moment was that when you realized that?
1: I, well, I left Meyer thinking that we were going to launch Catch DX, and I told everyone when I left, I have this company. It's called CatchDX, DX, and this is what we're doing. And everyone, they were like, "Okay, yeah, good luck." Like, I don't get it, but okay. Yeah. And I think it was really a month. Well, we we pitched the five by five at Stark Garden for under Catch. We lost, but we were like, "Oh yeah, it's fine." But it was really within a month of me quitting that we sat down and we were like, "This is not it. It's not working. The name sucks. We need to go back to the drawing board and." Yeah. We had talked that right that was right when we started talking to Brad, and he was in and went back to you know whiteboarded a new name and scrapped it and started all over so
0: oh nice. well that was very impressive actually in a month's time, you learned we need a pivot that was your first that was the first pivot, it sounds like
1: yeah, and because I was finally focused on uh, this is what I do yes. <laughs> now I'm not distracted by you know a real job a day job, job, <laughs> a day job yes. yeah, um, I could really take a step back and, and be in it.
0: Okay, yeah. that's awesome. Okay, so then you pivoted over to VetterHealth after doing some whiteboarding, brought another co-founder in, and then what happened at that point? Like, Tell me a little bit about what after that moment.
2: Uh, well, I think that's when we, so we actually started filing the business license and building the website and um, we moved into our first space. Our first? Shortly after um, we filed the business license because we needed to set up the lab to be functional to do sure. some services we uh, drove
1: to denver brought back all the lab equipment with oh penny my <laughs> with penny in tow it's wow. a really long drive i wouldn't recommend it um, to anyone but uh, did you fit
0: it all in like a car or was it like a truck or trailer yeah like oh, a trailer, trailer. Okay. okay yeah didn't throw penny on the trailer hopefully not no uh, no she was on top she, yeah <laughs> <laughs> she was on top yeah. <laughs>
1: Um, but yeah, so moving the lab here was a critical step. And then I like sitting down with Brad and with our first technician that we brought on to say, all right, like we have the business side, we have the diagnostics and the lab side, but now from the clinical side, what should this look like? Yes. What do we need to offer? You know, really digging into how do we build out this package for a pet parent to be comprehensive enough to include all of your wellness and preventative care and then taking all those nuggets and building out you know, the new website and how we were going to package it and really figuring out pricing. We did a lot of um, benchmarking with friends, family, pretty much anyone who would take our survey to say, tell us about your experience going to the vet, send us your vet bills. Um, Anything that you can send us is helpful for us to learn. We just made a massive spreadsheet Mm of here is from, from Boston to LA, this is what pet parents are being charged for fecal tests. This is what they're being charged for a physical exam. So we had a really good idea of, okay, in Michigan, in the Midwest, this is what people are used to paying, and we knew we know, we know that we can offer this entire package for about what it costs for someone to go to the vet, if not less, because we're offering so much more in our package with the telehealth included mm-hmm. and um, access to the online pharmacy and their back. So all the things that are included, people were paying you know significantly more for that, and that. The the price gouging within the industry is a, a huge issue. So, yeah. I'm really trying to un- wrap our head around that and make sure that we were informed enough to price everything appropriately. Sure.
0: That that's smart.
2: Yeah, and the price gouging isn't like a result of veterinarians themselves being like predatory. Yeah, right? it's it's really the industry, the mechanism of like the labs and consolidation. Uh, because ultimately, they're they're the ones that are um, kind of squeezing these practices to get as, extract as much um, like revenue as they can from them. So like their vets are being overcharged by the labs. So then they have to take, but they have to charge a little bit more on top of that. So Mm -hmm. it's just downstream problems. Exactly. Upstream
0: problems. Yeah.
2: So, and that's kind of, so kind of building the foundation of what a vet practice needs, I think is giving us that um, the upstream, I guess, capabilities of controlling the cost and then, kind of passing that on to, ultimately the vets who are underpaid, and overworked, and the cost savings for pet parents on labs and treatment and things like that. So,
0: did we now um, taking a step back? Did we start this session? And, and did you? I can't remember if we talked about what Better Health actually is for the audience that doesn't know. Like, what are the what is the value? What do they get out of vet being signing up for Better Health? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so, better it's an annual membership for your pet's wellness and preventative care. So that includes all of your core vaccines, all of your wellness testing, unlimited telehealth, and access to our online pharmacy. Prescription's not included in the cost, but you know, it's, the access is there. Um, and so, for example, if you have one dog, you have a dog named Penny also, mm-hmm. yes. which I love. Ironic. Um, yeah, and so if you, if you were to come on as a better member for your single dog, for Penny, it's $50 a month, so $600 a year, um, and that includes two in-home visits. So one of those we know is going to be your wellness visit, and that second could be a baked-in sick visit just in case something happens. Um, but yeah, all of her vaccines, all of her testing, um, and then if something comes up, so this was something that... As pet parents in that first year, as a new puppy mom, I mean, probably as a new human mom, you're everything. You're like, oh, my God, is this puppy okay? They're they're throwing up or they have diarrhea or what's going on? So you just want to ask a question to someone who knows what they're talking about. Right. And so we wanted to offer that to pet parents to say, hey, sometimes it's as simple as going through our survey, our telehealth survey, submitting pictures, submitting videos, and then we get back to you and say, hey, you know, puppies sometimes get diarrhea. Let's try to bland diet first for a few days and we'll check in and see how it goes from there. Right. Um, so is that first line of defense um, to to help pet parents, you know, have that peace of mind that we're here for you and we can support you outside of, you know, the traditional, the traditional method of just taking your pet into the vet or to the emergency room if you can't be seen by your primary care vet soon. Mm. Um, yeah.
2: Yeah. And I think... Uh, the, one of the benefits that, I mean, I think people don't necessarily know is, or people who have used telehealth, um, they, telehealth is a good resource, but they can't actually prescribe unless they've seen the pet within the last 12 months. So for us, the telehealth part is kind of an extension of, like she's saying, being able to ask those questions, but also um, take action to, you know, whether that's an ear infection that could be treated with, um, you know, a script sent right to people's homes. So we wanted to, to layer on that, um, that capability of you know asking the question, but also making it actionable versus kind of what's out in the market as far as mm. a telehealth.
0: Sure. Now, do you guys have then if you have a lab sounds like, and then do you have vets on staff? How does that all work? Tell me about the the vets, the vet part of it.
1: Yeah, currently we have part time vets. So our co founder and chief medical officer Brad is based in the in Detroit area. So he comes over here um, pretty frequently, but we have part-time vets that work for us right now. Mm-hmm. And what we've found is as we've grown, uh, we need a full-time vet. Mm-hmm. So um, currently that's the goal is to find one quickly. But I think there's, you know, within veterinary culture, there's a lot of burnout that mm-hmm. happens. And a lot of that is a function of you know high long hours but not a not enough compensation to offset how much they're working so initially we were we we anticipated being able to leverage vets who are supplementing their income by picking up relief work mm. which is true and that's how a lot of vets do supplement income yeah. but we took a step back and we realized that's just contributing to the problem that pets are undercompensated for how highly skilled they are. Yeah. So um, we're trying to disrupt that narrative a bit to say, hey, we want to bring someone on to our staff full time, at least one full time vet in each uh, regional market and pay them 10 to 40 percent above market rate mm. um, to to try to you know, disrupt and offset and you know, a wake-up call to the rest of the veterinary field that these individuals are highly capable, highly skilled, they're doctors of veterinary medicine and they should be compensated uh, as such. So that's
2: And I think uh, part of our um, offering as a wellness provider is allows us to be to, to really focus, hone in on like the uh, life work balance is what we like mm. to call it. So, um, right now, vets are have weird hours they're not they're overworked, but for with us, they would actually get you know if they didn't want to work weekends, you know they don't have to work weekends. Mm. It's a lot less stressful, less visits in general, like they'll see up to seven patients a day, so pets a day that's like really the max mm. whereas
1: normally they would be seeing up maybe seven an hour oh in my clinic gosh, wow. yeah
2: so yeah, I mean for us it's it's making this is a good starting point for um really focusing on what a vet's needs would be and um, making sure that they aren't burnt out and and if this is like what they want to continue to do maybe doing in home maybe they want to start their own practice but i think on the same level it's they need to to see to kind of feel out what what works for them from like an hourly standpoint or or um, even compensation wise so i think we're, Hmm. we're definitely trying to push the boundaries any way we can oh yeah So it sounds like you guys have actually multiple
0: different people you're solving problems for. You've got parent like vets, and you also have pet owners. So talk to me a little bit about the different problems you're trying to solve with either side.
1: Yeah, so on the pet parent side, I mean, you have pet parents who are busy and who are looking for convenience. Um, You have pet parents who have pets who are anxious or fearful of going to the vet, and that's... Stressful, yeah. um, and you also have pet parents who may lack uh, mobility or lack transportation. Where having someone come to your house could be a a huge benefit into into their lives. So we're solving the by bringing by bringing our vets into the comfort of their own home by uh, providing care for pets where they're most comfortable. It's you know it's different and new and. Everyone who every each one of our members who we've gone into their home and surveyed after, hundred percent of them prefer in-home vet care going forward. That's awesome. So that's on the pet parent side. On the vet side, um, we know burnout within veterinary culture is huge, and about a third—well, depending on the study that you're looking at—a third to half of veterinarians are burnt out, and veterinary staff, um, assistants, technicians. Uh, are burnt out at an even higher rate. So they're burnt out. There's also a huge gender pay gap, um, which is wild because women make up 66% of total veterinarians, but they're still paid 83% of their male counterparts. So that's something that we want to change. And then again, there's a super high debt to income ratio among vets. So they are going to undergrad they're busting their asses to get into vet school they're in vet school for 4 years and then they graduate um i think 2020 is when it peaked between 2018 and 2020 where they were graduating with a debt to, debt to income ratio of 2 to 1 um with some of those with that that top 20% graduating with a debt to income ratio of 4 to 1 so and that contributes to the burnout because right. they're working super long hours some 14 hour days um but they're not compensated mm. uh to you know to con- pay off their debt and that's stressful. Um, so we want to offer an alternative and we think a better career path where, hey, we can bring you back to why you, why you got into veterinary medicine in the first place. You know, rather than seeing seven patients an hour, you're going to see seven maximum of seven households a day. Mm -hmm. You'll have a full hour with each household to get to know the pet, to give treats, to warm up. Um, and beyond that, we want to make sure that we're compensating them um, above market rate, 10 to 40% above market rate um, when compared to what general practice veterinarians are making, mm-hmm. um, and especially for female vets. Um, so even if better isn't the right choice for them, this is your sign if you're a vet to renegotiate your salary if you're a woman, right. <laughs> because you are most likely making less than your male counterparts.
2: And I, I think this is a—it's kind of a starting point for us, so we realize there's a huge need for urgent care, emergency care, um, but we're focusing on wellness because we know that's a good place to start. Everybody needs wellness, and that's um, for us where we can really have the biggest effect early on, but we see this as opening up um, brick-and-mortar urgent cares or emergencies um, or specialized clinics. So we see this more of as a, the, one, the foundation to, um, you know, a career path where a veterinarian could choose where they would like to work. But ultimately, in a system that's not going to uh, overwork them or burn them out. So right. that makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, and our mission is to inspire a new era of veterinary care. So we're mm-hmm. doing that not only on the pet parent side, on the pet side, an alternative and a new wave of how you can care for your pets and their wellness, but also for the veterinary professionals and how they can take back their career and really remember why uh, they got into it in the first mm-hmm.
0: place. I love that big vision. Sounds like a lot of problems we're solving. That's really neat. We hope. Yes. So you talked a little bit about the future. So, what's next? What's what's in the next six months, and what's in the next six years?
2: I mean, next six months is really just honing in on um, how we grow within the Michigan market. So that's Grand Rapids and Detroit. So that's kind of our short-term goal. Um, Once we figure that out, it'll be expanding into other states, um, focusing mostly on the wellness side. If there's an opportunity to um to expand it to like a brick and mortar location that will provide more um more wellness care we can't do in home things like mm. dentals or imaging things like that so um slowly expanding what we can offer from a wellness standpoint and even to more urgent care for for our members so um that's where we're I guess shorter term um you sure. know, one to three year goal for um for us
0: awesome and as we close, I'm going to ask the, I always like to ask this last question. As you mentioned at the early beginning, Rachel, you said you know, going from corporate to a startup, you go from this known path and then to almost an expedited learning because you're having to grow so fast as a person, like adapting and changing. And what would you say, looking back, for those that are listening, some takeaways that would say, just one or a couple takeaways that's like, hey, here's what I learned through this process. Here's something that I can take away and give back.
1: Wow. Um, so much. <laughs> um, I think to focus on the problem that you need to solve right now. What is, because it feels like everything is on fire all the time. Mm. Um, so to be really mindful in the way that you're prioritizing what you're working on. And even though there's a lot of noise going on, you can get lost working. In the business, and a lot of random things can come up that take so much of your time, always coming back to what is the problem that we need to solve right now to get us to that next step, mm-hmm. and putting as much of your energy as possible into that, and letting the rest of the distractions just yeah be part there of the background. yeah
0: I, I, I talked with a founder the other day, and we, they, he called it intentional neglect, like you're intentionally neglecting certain areas so you can focus on the most important. I love
1: that.: Yeah, I love yeah. it intentional neglect, yes. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I think along the same lines um, with the problem um, as from the business, focusing on the problem we are trying to solve as a business, mm. and kind of st- taking a step back sometimes and reevaluating like, are we moving in that direction? Are we really affecting change to that problem? Because sometimes you get the scope creep, yes. you get opportunities to do other things that are a little bit ancillary. But it's like early on, focus on the problem, how to Really solve it in a meaningful way, and then I think other things will start to fall into place.
0: Mm, good advice, awesome. Well, thanks, Rachel. Thanks, to Thank you. We appreciate your time, and uh, excited to follow Vetter, and I'm excited to get Penny signed up for Vetter. <laughs> right. So. Yeah,
1: all the pennies. <laughs> yes, exactly.
0: <laughs> thanks, awesome. Josh. Thanks.